Good evening, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Jerry Bishops. This is Jerry Bishops live from uh, Braveheart Studio, Brave, Bravery Studios in Clifton, New Jersey. Um, as you guys know, who uh, normally listen to our podcast, it's 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 a sports podcast, and you know we talk about a lot of the the national uh, stories from a sports perspective, whether it be NFL, NBA, or anything else. But if you guys have um, followed me throughout the years you know that when there are issues that we feel like are much more important you know to us and to our communities we try to um just bring those to the forefront and give the folks in the in the, the folks in the community an opportunity to speak their piece and vent um they don't always get that opportunity i know some young people and some older people as well they they take to social media and, um, you know, they put their message out there and they get an opportunity to say what they feel. But I feel it's important that we use our platform to give people the opportunity to say what they feel. And um, we have some guests here in the building today and um, we are all going to get a chance to uh, speak on the current events that uh, have taken place this past week. Um, as you all know, we lost another brother. Uh, in the hip hop music industry, uh, Mr. Nipsey Hussle, uh, rest in peace, brother. And um, it just kind of made me feel like I don't understand. I, I just didn't understand why younger folks have to relive the things that we went through as younger folks. Like, we went through Biggie dying, Pac dying, and, and Jam Master J dying. So why do the young people in our community now have to deal with the artists that they look up to and, and people that are that are mentors to them or, or people that they look up to as entrepreneurs and artists? Why do they have to look up to these people and, and, and they get killed? You know, now it's just the cycle is repeating itself and it's sad. Uh, I have a young brother with me um, at this table. His name is Anton Douglas. And uh, uh, Councilman Kasim Gomez actually gave me his information. And he said that he wanted to share uh, some information with uh, our community. Um, he recently lost someone very close to him. And um, I wanted to give him the opportunity to speak about... Um, you know, his loss and, and what he's been going through as a young man in his community. I want to thank you for coming in. Young thank brother. you. Thank you. Mr. Wow. Douglas. So um, what is it that you would like to share with us um, this evening? First, let me start by saying thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity to come speak on your platform about how I feel about what's been going on recently. Not yeah. even recently, but like okay. it's been going on for a while, but. I lost someone who was like a little brother to me. Okay. And it really, it really, like, it hit me a different way okay. than any other loss hit me because I know he was a happy person and he loved his music. Right. He, he, we, we all, we ain't perfect. Right. We did some things we not proud of doing, mm -hmm. but everyone could vouch for him by saying, he didn't really want want 
want the bad stuff. He he wanted to make it in rapping. Right. So that's what he was doing. He was he was doing his thing with the rap, and okay. and people ain't know him, ain't want to know him for the good stuff. They okay. wanted to know him for oh, this the one that was saying this and that. This the one we fought. Like people are really dying over nothing. Right. So let's 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 start by. Saying his name. What is what is this young man's name? Rashawn Simmons. Rashawn Simmons. We want to um, send our condolences to Mr. Simmons' family. And, and, you know, Mr. Simmons, you rest in peace, sir. Rest in power, as a matter of fact. Um, so, th- and Mr. Simmons, what community was he from? He was from Georgia King Village. Okay. That's in Newark? Yes. Okay. And you live in Newark as well? Yes. Okay. All right. And how long have you known uh, Mr. Simmons? For... Uh, a couple years now. And y'all kind of grew up together. Some, something close to that, yeah. All right, and, and 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 how did that make you feel when you first when you first found out that um you had lost this this young man? I was confused because, like I said, he was really more of being into the music. Mm-hmm. So when you know somebody. Time just make jokes all day. Right, he around as, his family. As we like, would say, when you know somebody's not about that life, yeah, they try and leave <laughs> right. that alone. And, like, and he gets caught up. Like that's the same thing for me. I was playing around mm-hmm. in the streets. Right, I got tired of getting locked up. I wasn't making my mother proud. Uh huh. I was making my homies proud, but my mother wasn't proud. Mm-hmm. And once I realized I was being a follower to the wrong people, I just. I just stopped doing. I just stopped doing it. Right. So at that point, you decided that you wanted to get into something positive. Yeah. And, 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 I became a mechanic. Okay. I stopped. Okay. I ain't gonna lie. I was stealing cars when I was a little younger, but mm-hmm. I turned that around. I stopped stealing cars. I fixed cars. I work on cars, and I'm, I, 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 I eat from. I live off of working on cars. I live off of what I've learned. Awesome. Awesome. Like so, you turned a negative into a positive. Positive, exactly. And I could survive off of it. Right. Forever. Can nobody take that from you? That's a beautiful. That's thing. something I'm willing to pass on. Right. Like in my community, okay. is, is like, like I'm willing to everything I learn. I'm willing to teach anybody else younger than me, older mm-hmm. than me, anyone who's willing to learn. As long as you sit here learning how to fix a car, you're not. Trying to kill nobody, right. or nobody ain't trying to kill you, right. or at least they don't know where you at right now. You doing something positive, right? Let me ask you a question: um, Is that the first person that you've lost in the uh, community? That was uh, no, no, um, no. Okay, it's all right. We, it's I, a long, I get it. Yeah, I get it. We don't. I just. I'm only know. 21. I right. can count 10 people. I got memories with, not just oh. Yeah, I know him. I I went to a party with him. I'm talking about he knows my mom. I know his mom. Right. Our moms know each other. Right. People are close to him. Gone. Yeah. For for nothing. It's not even over nothing that it's something you could talk out. All right. Misunderstandings. Okay. People quick to pull a gun because they weak. It's the weak that's doing it. Right. No man, no man strong enough. No strong man gone. Pull out a gun for every situation. Not the men I know. Right. Everybody focus on, focus on trying to be 
trying to be the man. It's trying to be, excuse me, that nigga. Right. My generation, everybody want to be that nigga instead of a man. Right. And that's that's sad because they rather grab a gun, walk around, and try to go kill somebody, take somebody's life instead of provide for their family. Okay. People forget about their family in, in the midst of beef, war, over nothing. Right. Um, you know what? It's 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 a really, really sad um it's a really, really sad situation, you know, when when you know, you speak of ten people that you know that, you know, have whose lives have been taken. Not over by, even it, it within senseless, two years. Through senseless violence because I'm 43 years old and I don't think I can name 10 people that I know, you know, personally like that, whose, um, whose lives have been taken because of senseless gun violence. Um, I mean, if I think hard, probably, you know, um, but just like right off the top of my head, no. Um, what, what, you know, how do you feel when you walk the streets? Like, are you afraid to like kind of, have encounters with people or you know like I'm are you are you, are you um does it bother you that you feel like there's a lot of guns on the streets is, I mean what's your what's what your take on it what bothers me is nobody wants to change that there's a lot of guns in the street okay. what bothers me is you could be from one side of town I could be from one side of town and one of my peoples could kill one of your peoples. Mm-hmm. One of yours. Nobody want to stop. Right. They want to keep keep killing. I'm tired. I'm tired of. I'm tired of losing people over. They don't even know why this started. A lot right. of people don't know how most of this stuff started. They just carrying it along off of what the last person told them. Okay. That's, that ain't right. So nobody's tried to call like a truce or anything like that. You Nobody know. wants to. Nobody wants to. I know one person. I know one person from the other side of town. We, I'm pretty sure you know how it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me and him talk. We talk about this stuff. We want to stop this. Right. We, we don't want to keep losing our brothers for what? And for what? When we all got potential to, I'd rather make a, try to make a million dollars with somebody than try to kill them. Right. Absolutely. We can make like we can make our community better. We can make our community better. Nobody wanna push for our effort. That's mm-hmm. why I'm I appreciate you letting me come up here and talk. So hopefully what I'm saying will make somebody oh, well, I know him. He got a state number. I was locked up with him. Mm-hmm. I know him. He got shot. Mm-hmm. I was there. Mm-hmm. I seen I know him. I know what he was doing right. when he was fifteen, sixteen. So if he up here saying, Man, let's let's stop. Let's put these guns down. And, and and let's 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 start building businesses. Absolutely. Let's start investing in our youth. We spending all this money partying. We got people younger than us. We don't want like we we grown them into k- killing each other. Right. And for what? For what? I definitely hear you. And um, tonight, you know, we're we're gonna do more than just talk about you know the the negative things that go on. Uh, in a lot of these in a lot of these communities, we have some people who are in the studio who are going to come to the table and we're going to bring some solutions to the table. You know, we're going to talk about what we feel our young brothers and sisters should be doing 
you know, to move towards just having a more positive attitude, you know, amongst about each other, mm-hmm. you know, try to treat and embrace each other with love. All right. So yeah, that's um, that's that's what we need. Love. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of us hurt. Absolutely. So when we come on the other side of the break, we're going to come back with uh, Councilman Brent Mustafa from the Fifth Ward of East Orange, uh, his son, Safe and brother Eric. You guys know Brother Eric. He's been on the podcast a million times. So on the other side of the break, we'll be right back with these young men. All right. We're live. All right, we're back. Jerry Bishop's lives here at Bravery Studios. Uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Um, at the table now we have E Nice, E Buggy, oh, <laughs> my <hello>. man <laughs> Eric. You guys know him. He's been on the podcast a million times, and we have a young man here. Safe. Safe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, your age and what school you go to? Um, I'm 16. I'm a junior at East Arsenal Academy. Okay, awesome. And the the honorable councilman. Good evening, brother Jerry Bishop in the house, man. I appreciate this opportunity 
to come on your show and converse with you, man, about some real serious issues that's transpiring within our community. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Councilman, just give me like a brief background on on you and, and where you grew up and, you know, just so the people get a better understanding so, of who you are. You know, I'm, I've been blessed by the mercy of God, man, to grow up um, in a very unique and diverse city, uh, predominantly African-American, which is Newark. Um, and I was fortunate enough to go to local high schools and get a very strong understanding of the culture and the climate that is surrounding around the what happens and what transpires within the inner city. Um, I graduated from Malcolm X Shabazz. I went on to Howard University where I studied for about two years and then I was awarded my second year there with a scholarship and I studied abroad. Oh, awesome. I went to the University of Medina which I studied for three and a half years and I finished with a degree in language and some jurisprudence. And then I returned home um, young with a family. You know, I started teaching. Then I looked to establish myself in, in a career that would afford me an opportunity to go back to school because I wanted to pursue some other degrees. And uh -huh. I joined the fire department. Okay. Um, so I've been there for about 13 years. I'm a captain there. Awesome. Um, and that propelled me in a position where I desired to really get into community engagement and serve my community. I was appointed to the Board of Education in East Orange. Um, and then after that, I went on to run for city council where I serve now as a fifth floor councilman in the great city of East Orange. Yes, sir. And I'm up for re-election right now, so you know, holla at your boy. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and one thing, yes, sir. And um, I wanna say, brother, you do you do an amazing job, man. You do an amazing job. That, and, and And I'm not just saying that, because I've been to the city council meetings and you know, I, I've seen you work, but more so the messages that you put out on social media, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just encouraging folks. You know what I mean? I see a lot of times you you at the ribbon cuttings, you know, encouraging the, the entrepreneurs in the town. To me, that's important. Appreciate that. Brother. You know what I mean? You, you don't just show up around election time. I see <laughs> I see you all over. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Man. My man, I, I definitely appreciate you, man. You are somebody we, we all can definitely look up to and say this brother, you know, is, is doing his thing thank for you, real. So um, before we talk to these young men, I want to ask you a question. You grew up listening to hip hop, right? Yes. All right. Now I think we're probably close in age. Yes. Right. And uh, you know, we grew up in an era where um, I think the first time that um, an artist like lost his life, to, you know, through I, I don't know exactly what was involved or you know, but I remember Scott LaRock. Remember when Scott mm, LaRock? Yes. yes, I remember got Scott killed, LaRock got killed. Right. And I then. Right, it was it was crazy. It was like, you know, I hadn't heard of anything about any other, yeah. you know, hip hop artists like losing their life, but it was kind of like a big thing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then like the stop the violence, self destruction, self destruction, yeah. Remember that time? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then um, then the whole East Coast West Coast thing. But when we lost, when we lost Biggie, yeah. right? What 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 did you feel like? So you know when when first when Tupac got killed, right, right, right. I was actually at Howard University at the time. Okay. And we were having a visual in in commemoration of his work, his life work, and his um his his life in general and his yes. dedication to community. Yes. And then you fast forward a little while after that, then you lose Biggie. Right. And so you begin to question the dynamics of what's going on in the community, what's right. happening with the culture. Right. And one thing that I realized early on was that this was by necessity and by design. Because it's not so much as an opportunity to control our people mm -hmm. as it is to profit 
from what transpires in our culture. Mm -hmm. We are very culturally rich and passionate people. Mm -hmm. And so when you espouse that passion and that, and that, and that drive, right, with poverty, with lack of resources, with lack of access to resources, with the inability to self-promote and to, and to um, elevate, self-elevate yes. and, and invest in your community, you create a powder keg of despondency and anger and hate. And it's always turned inwardly mm -hmm. because of, you know, you're going to take your anger out on the one that's closest to you. Mm -hmm. The one who you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and when you see them in the street, they remind you of the thing that you often despise, which is the reflection right. in the mirror. And so, you know, you, 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 you begin to understand that growing up in this culture, in this environment, if you haven't had an example like I had in my father, right. like I had in my two older brothers, like I had in some prominent men within the community, mentors and professors, and so on and so forth, which begin to cultivate my mind and understanding that there is a now and there's a then. Yes. Right? The now is preparation for the then. The then is in the future. Mm -hmm. The now is what has to be laid down as far as the framework to get us to the then. And what ha what's happening now is that a lot of the young people, they don't have any perspective of the then or the or the or what's coming. Right. Right. Um, and so when I say then, I mean the future, not the past tense. Right. Not the 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 the, the off tense. Right. The thing that's on the side. I'm talking about the then what's going to transpire then after the when when we acquire the things that, you know, we look to establish. And so when you don't have that perspective. When you don't have that outlook, you don't have that understanding, you have leadership and people are in a position to make change. Having those conversations, engaging the young people and this generation with opportunities that fit within a framework of what they're experiencing. Right. You know, the, the, the folding of time, right? This generation can fold time and space like we never could do in our generation. Right about that. And people don't know what I mean. A lot of times don't understand what that means when you say that. But they're able to send them. I can have a conversation with you. We have a disagreement. By the time you put your hand on the door, the whole school can know about it. That's right. The whole, everybody that's in our chat room can know about it, right? And then that is a different or added you know, variable within the equation of the social dynamics in which mm -hmm. they exist. And so, I, you know, I grew up in a time, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm like the young man right there. Right. You know, I haven't, I've, I've been in situations that were not favorable to young African-American men right. by way of default yes. and by way of just trying to, you know, express my, 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 myself and establish my position. And I've lost people. Right. I can count, I can't even count how many people I've lost. This mm -hmm. past summer, I've lost a, my cousin who I actually helped raise. Right. Um, and two other family members. Right. By gun violence, just retarded stuff. Right. And so when I lost my cousin, my the young one that I raised it in a mindset and I went back somewhere. Right. And I had to catch myself and understand that, you know, there are people that live for 100 years and you never know they exist. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's people that their life, their lifetime is 20 years, mm -hmm. but they live like they live 250 and have an impact. And so you got to thank God for the time that you have with people. And then you have to connect with the people that are living and try to make a different outcome for those people that are coming up. Right. So I don't want to be long winded, man. And, no, and I, I, feel you, so I want these young brothers to get. On absolutely. But I just want to ask you a question, because I feel like a lot of a lot of our young men, sometimes they don't take that moment that you took when you said you had to you had to after it happened, you had to stop yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But what what did it what what did it take? What did what did you do? 
it took a number of things. It took time and space. Right. You know, at the time when I found out, it was like, wow, what was the circumstance situation? That's what we first think, right? Mm -hmm. Good dude. Right. But you have to question, you're taught to question because he's an African-American male. Right. What did he do wrong? Mm -hmm. Right. And it wasn't and it, and it, and it was a it was a different type of situation. Somebody, you know, tried to take something from him, mm -hmm. he defended himself or whatever. The dude doubled back, took right. him off the planet or was something stupid. Right. Right. And so, you know, the, the thought process was, OK, number one, that's not my lifestyle anymore. OK. Number two, you know, this is a young man who's ignorant to the reality of what you've been privy to right. in your life. Number three, how is these, how are these actions going to, you know, affect the people who are relying on me to stay free, conscious, present, and awake, right? And so that impulse is evident throughout our life because we're facing post-traumatic stress yes. disorders that we haven't addressed, right? But, and I'm going to end with this, but the reality is, is that, the mind has to develop. And I had to go through life experiences to get to the level to be able to recognize that 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 catch, to be able to understand, oh, I, okay, Mustafa, relax, yes. bro. Yes. Take it easy. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so I know in my life that five seconds, I don't care if I'm a councilman, I don't care if I'm a fire captain, five seconds can change my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I really wanted to focus on that because sometimes a lot of brothers don't take that time you got to stop where you are and just think about you know what the consequences mm -hmm. you know will be you know of your actions mm -hmm. young brother safe yes sir you're at stem academy right yes sir all right um tell me tell me how you felt when you first heard the news about um this this young brother that lost his life uh mr nipsey mr nipsey hustle did you were you a um, follower of his music or? Um, I I know I had known of him, but I wasn't like really a fan of his music. Okay. But it really affected my um my best friend. I consider him my brother. It affected him more than it affected me because mm -hmm. he kind of looked up to him. Okay. He, uh, um, he doesn't really have his father anymore, so he like wow. it really affected him because he looked up to him, and it it kind of affected me because that I have a connection to him. Yes. So he felt bad about it, then I felt I was down about it, and it's it's just crazy. Right. That nobody can like really do anything in the community without somebody hating and wanting to take your life all the time. Right. Like nobody can like really prosper and want and want to see other people prosper without mm -hmm. somebody hating and not wanting to see everybody else do good. Right. Instead of trying to like evaluate the situation and be like, oh, how could I make my way into that circle and into that cycle to where I can um excuse me, to where I can better myself and better the people around me. Right. And try to bring more people in, younger people, older people. It's never, it's never, it's never really too late no. for anybody to come and try to change themselves. So yeah, that that's that's really how I feel about the situation. Right, right, right. You know, it's it's something else because um, it just seems like, like when I think about Tupac, right? Tupac, we all know Tupac. He left this earth way before we feel like he was just before his time. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And we always felt like there was like a bigger, the, the big picture around yeah, Tupac sure. was like, he he just had something else that he was here to do. You know, um, we know about his, his background in terms of his family and, you know, how important they were, you know, to the movement. And um, 
you know, then you think about this brother Nipsey and um, the documentary that he was working on, mm -hmm. you know, about Dr. Dr. Serby, I believe That's his right. name was. And Dr. it's like, Serby. yes, yeah. And it's like the connection is just crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, why when these brothers are, are ready to like, turn around and yeah. really start getting community together, it seems like they get taken out. Yeah. That's right. Because you know? America doesn't want that. Mm, speak on it. <laughs> Sadly, America doesn't want it. That's how it always is when you want to tell the truth. Right. You know? That's the risk you take. It's mm -hmm. the same saying, especially as a black man. You take that risk. That's a shame. Right. And, and, and I was talking to a young sister earlier, and that's really like the quintessential factor in every situation where one of our young aspiring leaders yes. is, is murdered, right? Or, or assassinated. Yes. And so you look at it, right? What, how old was Michael Mex and Martin Luther King when they passed away? 39? 39, 37, yes. around that age, yes. right? And so, but they were giants of their time. Yes. But look at the amount of people that they inspired, mm -hmm. right? And it took us to a place. And so we find ourselves now often, we seem to be in a place where we, right now we're just vacillating between materialism mm -hmm. and self-grandizement, right? Mm -hmm. and, and lack of approach when it comes to community development. And then you have the brother Nipsey Hussle who aspires to turn his life around like so many leaders of the past. And I'm not just talking about black leaders, I'm talking about European leaders mm -hmm. who have institutions named after them. Right. Because when they pass away, because they control the narrative, mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying? They're looked at in a, in a get good light. I was talking to somebody about that earlier. You have you know, national, international heads of state. Yes leaders in their own right that have decimated cultures, mm. that have decimated an entire people to push their agenda. Right. But when they die, we remember them and the best things that they've done. And so one of the things that I had issue with when they were talking about the young brother, they always show him on stage rapping. And I'm, and I'm, a, and I'm a child of hip hop. I come from the hip hop culture, right? right? But the thing is that it was more to his life. Yes, sir. That's like, you know, God forbid me passing away mm -hmm. and somebody, you know, um, putting pictures up or, or or videos of me just working out or mm -hmm. running around in the mm -hmm. park mm -hmm. or lifting weights. Right. You know, they don't talk about the relationship that I have with my son. They don't talk about my outreach within the community. Absolutely. They don't talk about the positive things that we've done to grow our community. Absolutely. The business that I own, yes, how sir. I employ people in the community, and so on and so forth. And so one of the things that have to transpire, and I want to ask these young men, is the narrative. How do we begin to craft the narrative around an ideal and a concept that puts us in a better light, that shows us in a better perspective nationally and internationally. I would say just speaking on it. Like that's that's a big um, benefit of social media because you know you can get these hashtags going and stuff like that. So I think you, you start to see that more, like sadly as more and more people go, like people would say, oh, let's not forget this brother did this. You know, mm -hmm. you want to talk about this thing or you know, when someone's gunned down gun violence, when it's a white person, it's a mental health issue. When it's a black person, oh, it's black on black crime, mm -hmm. you know? And we're calling that out. So I think that's a big part of it. See? Um, Good point. I think it's really more of a, a, a support thing. Like, a lot of people, they don't really want to see. Move your mic. I go back to saying the, um, the, the thing about prospering and um, being successful. A lot of people don't want to see each other do good. Mm -hmm. So they, like, they hate and they don't really support each other. And that's, like, a, a real thing that, that, that really gets me upset. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
you yourself, um, in regards to, you know, the community that you live in, like, is there anybody that, you know, you can kind of go to as, you know, as a mentor and just kind of talk, you know, when there's different things that you, you know, maybe puzzled about or, you know. Um, I would say um, I know one of the pastors in the community. Mm-hmm. I'm close with his name is Pastor Terry Elwertson of First Baptist Church of South Orange. I'm cool okay. with him. So I talk to him from time to time. Okay. But, um, yeah, as far as, like. A male figure now. My father's never been a part of my life, so I don't have okay. that. But you know, I do talk to people when I need to talk right. to people about things. Right. Yeah. I think I think that's important. You know, for us to just have um, or make contact with different men in the community. You know, who we can have these conversations about because it, it's so important for the younger generation to hear a story like that, where he says, "I had to catch myself." You know, I had to take a moment to just kind of gather my thoughts and think about, you know, everyone and everything that I'm responsible for and, and, and how if I make the right decision or the wrong decision, how it impacts my family, you know, and maybe these younger brothers need to, you know, hear that type of story and, and, and it may help them make, you know, better decisions. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's sad. It's sad because, you know, to, to hear you know, 21-year-old and 22-year-old guys talking about, you, Mr. Brother Antoine, you said how many people within two months, you said? Within two years. Within two years? Ten close people. Ten? Brother Anton Douglas said he lost close to ten people in two years. I mean, to lose anyone is, is just, it's sad, but, you know, that many people, it's, um, it's, it's sad, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I'm sorry? Especially when they're trying to better themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, what, what do you think um, a good solution to, you know, would be in just trying to gather as many young brothers together to just try to, um, you know, spread some positivity? You know, do you think there should be more programs? or Are there a lot of young men that you feel are like, like not into the college thing, maybe more? You know, training programs or something like that. I mean, like you can't really force somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Right. But I do think I do feel as though there should be more opportunities opened up mm-hmm. for young African American males who don't want to go to college. Right. Because they still want to do stuff with their life, but being that they don't have those opportunities, they have to resort to the streets and other methods to save themselves or protect and um fit for their families and mm-hmm. fit for themselves and eat. Right. Right. But if like if you have if you have people in the community that open up and give more opportunities, then I feel as though we definitely could go somewhere. Mm-hmm. What's your feeling on that, Eve? I agree. I feel like a lot of things are already in motion, but the pro the progress is too slow. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because there are a lot of programs implemented already, but mm-hmm. it just you know it takes people dying to get people to say what can be done more. You know, what more can be done? And I think that's sadly what it is. I don't know if there's any other methods, at least ones that come to mind right now, mm-hmm. that would better change the narrative, you know. Because, you know, a lot of people like to point their fingers at different things. Some people say, oh, well, you know, rap music, you know, they talking about killing each other and stuff like that. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, you should be, as a functioning adult or even as a child, know, okay, just because this rapper said I'm going to kill somebody doesn't mean I should do it. You right. know, that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, things are already being in place, but they just have to be more effective and more universal ideas within different communities so in terms of the music like how do you weed out the different music you know i mean because you hear artists say all types of stuff you know and that, that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna go out and you know but how does it make you feel like when you hear do you are you just listening to the beat 
Are you really in the lyrics or um, like? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't really like. Recently, I have been listening to it, mm-hmm. like rap music and stuff and artists in my time. But before, like going when I first entered the community of East Orange, I wasn't really a fan of rap music and okay. stuff like that because that's not really the way that my parents raised me. Okay, and they, I wasn't like really open to opportunities to where I had to listen to that. Cause my, cause I always had my mind on something else. Good. Moving forward, and mm-hmm. it's like I don't, I don't really listen to music like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though if people used it, like the a right, and, and if they try to use it in a different way to um get the message out, then I feel like it definitely will have an effect on the community. Right. What about you? Like, I know there's certain artists that you know, you know, like you listen to. I know the message isn't always what it should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, I know there's certain artists that you like to support. Can you name some of them? Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's good for every person to have a diverse taste in music. I right. mean, you have ones that you really rock with, of course, the, right. the most. But you know, and you can find on my phone everything. Like, mm-hmm. you can find Meek, you can find Logic, mm-hmm. um, you can find J Cole, you can find. A bunch of different people just to right. put your mind in different places. You know, mm-hmm. your mind shouldn't be in the same spot all the time. Right. Because it's only going to be one mentality, I feel like, or like similar mentalities. Right. There's a lot, the world's a big place. It is. So you can't just be, you know, putting yourself, you can't be limiting your own mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you grow that way. Just like how you don't grow culturally if you don't meet people from different cultures. You know, you're going to go around being ethnocentric, which is when you just think your, your culture is superior to everyone else's. Right. Just because you haven't experienced others. Right. Yeah, I remember um, as a child um, growing up, uh, I grew up in a very strict uh, Christian household as well. So it was like um, I had to sneak like me (laughs) me and my brothers, (laughs) me and my brothers. As soon as my parents left the house, it was like radio on, soul train on, (laughs) everything on, you know. But it was more about like breakdancing and partying and, you know, it was about fun, you know, and. You know, there there came a time when, you know, that kind of changed. The music changed. You know, you got more into, like, the gangster rap and, you know, more about the hustling and everything like that. You know, but um, like we spoke earlier, you see some of these guys who talked about that stuff. They, they kind of changed their own narrative and became entrepreneurs, you know, and they built huge companies. Like, who are some of the people that you guys look at, you know, as kind of like role models or... Or someone who you can say, okay, I see the path that this guy took, you know. Jay-Z. Um, okay. That's Jay-Z. like one of the bigger ones for me. Mm-hmm. You, know, you hear about it in his music all the time. Like, well, he's, you know, selling drugs and he's one of the richest people in the world. He's a billionaire. Right. You know, you see what he, and that's like a powerful he came trend. From. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his whole Rock Nation sports and everything and everything right. he does, you see the moves he's making. Right. Just like how Nipsey was making. You know, you mm-hmm. see these people like, even though their music may say one thing, and, and Jay's one of the people that says it in his music now. Yes. But, you see the growth of a person's life regardless of what they're saying in the music. That's why you have to me you have to be able to separate their life in the music. Mm-hmm. You know, but I look at that as like, okay, this person's done this with their life. They're moving forward. Right. You know, they're not letting themselves stay in one place. Absolutely. Putting themselves in danger or their, or their growth in danger. You right. Know? Right. Young man, young safe. Um, who are some of uh, the people that you look up to? And to our to our audience out there, you got to bear with us. It's it's a busy it's a busy studio this evening but um we felt like this had to be done and um we hope that you guys are taking in the information and um tuning out some of the background noise who are some of the the, the people that you uh kind of look up to um honestly i would say i feel a little left out because i don't really listen to music like that mm-hmm. no i mean in general yeah. from in, in terms of career paths and different things that you want to do with your life um i would say meek mill 
Okay. Because I feel as though after he had that whole situation where he was locked up mm-hmm. over riding the bike, I feel as though it opened his eyes more to mm-hmm. how the world really is. And he's really starting to cultivate his experience and try to um open up more opportunities for everybody. Like, it's multiple videos online of him. Like, people will come up to him and ask him, like, can I rap for you? And he'll just sit there. Like, they don't even have to be good. Right. Like, he'll just sit there and listen to it just because he wants to open up the opportunity for them and give them some confidence to where they can be able to move forward. If that's not, even if that's not something that they want to continue in, they still have that confidence and that mindset to where they can move forward and be like, okay, I got this from him. He's somebody who came from the same place that I came from. Mm-hmm. And he's obvious, he did something. So even if this isn't my thing, I can still find something else that is my thing or my niche and I can still move forward and try to better myself and better people around me. Absolutely. Yes, sir. That's great. That's great. Brother. Yes, sir. Brother yes, Councilman, sir. do you got a message for our young people listening? So, you know, like, I, you know, this is my son right here. Yes, sir. And... You know, one of the things that I realized as a father, uh-huh. you know, I try my best to protect him from as many things that I can. Yes, sir. That are, you know, hindrance that are hindrance to his growth and his greatness within Absolutely. the community. I realized recently that, you know, there's some things that he's going to have to experience just from a human standpoint so that he can build up a level of awareness and tenacity to in, engage the community and the world around him. But my message to young people, man, is to grow old, man. Mm. Put yourself in a position where you grow old. Yes, sir. You know, I remember the time when I was young, graduated from high school. You know, I didn't have any real prospects. I had an older brother who was at Howard University already. Mm-hmm. And my mother came to me one day and she said, you know, why don't you fill an application to go where your brother's at? And I said what most of our young people say. I said, man, college ain't for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I felt like that. I just had the fear. Right. Of rejection. Right. And the embarrassment that is associated with being an African-American male from our community that has a level of inadequacy associated with it. Okay. But I'm thankful that I took my mother's advice. Yes, sir. And I had an older brother on the other side who pushed the paperwork, who went to see the dean of art, who knew my brother knew I had an art talent. Right. And I sabotaged myself, to be honest with you. I sent my worst work mm. down to the school out of the fear of, of, of being rejected. And so what wound up happening was that I got a call and I went down. And so at that time, I was hanging around the wrong people, older people in the community. Right. And the reality was they were drug dealers and bank robbers. Okay. Right? And I thought that that was the outlet for me. My pop, my pops was a chemist by degree. My mother was an educator, and she spoke several languages as, long as, as well as my father. Okay. And that was the environment they cultivated us in. But there's a broader scope of environmental things that you are affected by in the community, and that's what you attach yourself to because you have that perception that this is my way out. Right. This is my opportunity to make a name for myself. And so when I got accepted to Howard University, it was a blizzard of of of, of ninety six. Mm. Me and my brother, it was it was like picturesque. We were only it was he, I, he, him. It was him and myself and a bus driver and another person going down to D.C. Okay. On 95. Nobody else on the road. Whoa. We arrived in D.C. and wasn't nothing open for about a week and a half. And so I got closer to my brother Good. and closer to starvation <laughs> I felt than I ever had in he my was life. fasting. <laughs> right? And, but that changed my perspective to yes. go away and see young people that look like me, but mm-hmm. their perspective wasn't, 
you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to get this gear to impress this girl or go to this club or go to this party or to impress these people or hustle or do whatever to make a name for myself? Look like Leroy and Ray Ray and Tommy and Raheem from the corner or around the corner. But their perspectives, yo, I got to get the answers to this test so I can study harder. I got to hustle to get to this, you know, study session. I got to find a job so I can, you know, be able to feed myself. And it changed my perspective. Then when I went... And I had a platform internationally. I met all of these young men that went that were that were prospective leaders within that community. Yes. In one place, in one locale, it put me in a mindset that I started to say, you know what, man, I got I have to start imagining my life bigger. Right. And so my advice for young people is to put yourself in a thought process that's gonna allow you to have a broader perspective of what you're capable of and expand your ability to use your imagination. Yes. Right. As well as to always be present and awake in every situation and every opportunity, good or bad. If you're in a situation where you afforded opportunity to experience something, maximize that opportunity to get as much as you can out of that. And if you're faced with adversity, maximize the opportunity to learn as much as you can. Because I've learned in my life, I've learned more from adversity and failure than I have from ease mm. and, 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 and the lack of those, those, those things that are placed in our life to push our will yes. and our desire and our intent to the limit. And so, you know, I have to tell young people, man, just live, man. Amen. Aspire to live long, man, and, and, and aspire to live with passion and depth yes. and creativity and yes. imagination. I don't care what's happened to you in your life. Mm -hmm. What's happened to you right now, it can be changed with a thought and action. Amen. Right? And it's going to happen, man. It's yes, going to happen, man. Just, and if you have a problem, man, hit me up, man. I'm on Facebook, Mustafa Brent, Councilman Mustafa Brent. Inbox me. I send you my direct line and we can talk. I tell you all the time, you want to talk about whatever. Yes, or you sir. just need somebody to listen. There you go. I give you time. I give you time to do that because I had that in my life. Right. And a lot of people don't have that. And sometimes you need that. Yes. And so, sir. you know, that's my advice, man. Thank you so much. Um, I definitely appreciate you coming out, you know, taking some of your personal time my pleasure, to man. be here because um you definitely dropped some jewels on us. You know, we're blessed to be in your presence, brother. I'm blessed to be in you all's presence. You know what I mean? Man. Um I wanna thank you gentlemen for being here. Thanks for having us. I want to thank you, brother. Absolutely. Come on. Come on over here. Alright. I just want to show everybody a picture. That's you with Governor Murphy, Phil Murphy. Alright, put it to the camera so they can see. Camera so they can see. That's me with Phil Murphy. Uh-huh. I'm the same one. I I got a mugshot. Mm-hmm. Right. If I could switch my life around and, and and get my automotive program internships with Ford. Michael. Oh yeah. If I could get if I could turn my life around and and, and get and get my automotive program an internship with Ford that had Phil Murphy so interested in that he made sure we had the funds to do it. A lot of other people could do it. I got a state number just like every a lot of a lot of other people. Right. I got I got shot before. I've been in the streets. I left the streets alone because I could do better. How many people you know with a picture with the governor? I'm 21 and they label me a criminal. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with the governor. If I could do it, people with more potential could do way better than that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's my message to everybody. That's right. And thank you for having me. I'm, we appreciate thank you for, you for everything. Appreciate Absolutely. you, brother. Appreciate Absolutely. you. Okay.
All right. Um, it's the Jerry Bishop's live show. Um, I said, want to thank. He said he had a caller that somebody called in. Oh, really? We have a call on the line? Oh. All right. Call it. Um, if you're still out there, if you want to um, call in again, we'll, we'll gladly take your call. Um, what I was just going to say um, was that uh, I just want to start a, I just want us to start addressing each other like kings, man. You know what I mean? Because we come from royalty. You know, we need to start treating each other like such. You know, we, we are kings and our sisters are queens, man. And um, I just I just want us to understand that. I want us to know that, like, like we come from greatness. You know, my son, um, he he hates math. <laughs> you know, and and I took him to the to the um to the different programs that they had uh, two weeks ago in East Orange that was just basically centered around math. And it's so important for him to realize that math is in his DNA. Like we create, right. we created this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, science. You know, all this stuff, we'd be like, oh, I don't like science, it's too hard. I don't like math, it's too hard. That comes from us. You know, and I, I just want us to understand our greatness. That's right. Realize our greatness because, you know, I don't think there's I don't think there's a lot of people out there that want you to know, you know, from 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 who you come from. You know, so it's like I started just printing a whole lot of pictures off the internet. Great people, kings and queens. And brilliant people like Quincy Jones and like, like, and just started putting them on the wall in my son's room. And he's just started asking questions. Daddy, who's that? Who's Mansa Musa? That's right. Huh? That's right. You know what I mean? Wealthiest man in history. Yes, sir. And we know in our contemporary times. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just start opening them up, exposing them to more. You know, I, I think that um that's key. You know, so... You know, my parting words, I, that's what I want to say, man. Let's just start treating each other like the kings that we are, you know, and, and, and try to just make the best decisions that we possibly can whenever we can, you know. All right. So um, with that said, I think we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up, brothers. I, I thank you all for coming in. Um, I hope that the next time we get together that um, it, it's, a, it's a better occasion. You know, and, and we'll be able to take some more calls from the community and, and see what people have to say. My brother, thank you again. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you again, brother. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Jerry Bishop's live. See you next week.